hallelujah you may please be seated in the presence of the lord hallelujah praise the lord how was that day today 41 of the 90 days of power amen hallelujah it's 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 um we are almost midway we are almost midway praise the lord i believe we're handing this year with testimonies with miracles with signs with wonders in the name of jesus god will do in individual lives and in our church what men will see and make them say wow 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 you know when people can't describe what they see that's when they say wow when you can't say awesome when you can't say you know you just say wow because you don't have the best words men will look at your life in the remaining days of this year and they will say wow in the name of jesus god will show through your life what is best at in the name of jesus you know miracles are god's common sense what we call miracle is god's normal do you understand what we call the miracle is, is god's normal to god a miracle is not a miracle a miracle is a normal thing right uh, and my prayer is that in the remaining days of this year you will experience god's normal in the name of jesus so we started the discourse um last week wednesday at the midweek recharge on how to end the year better than you started it how to end the year better than you started it this is god's word to us that it is a season of better days right and i strongly believe we need understanding right when it comes to uh, manifesting the prophetic word oftentimes people receive the promise but they don't you know um have the equipping as it were to turn that word or those words into a reality and that is what we seek to do in this series and it's not just something that will help you in this month it is something that i believe will help you throughout your lifetime ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8 if you have a bible i'd encourage you to open to it ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8 ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8 this other screen why is it not on the one on my right side did you guys notice ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8 ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8 the bible says better is the end of a thing than what better is the what better is the what the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. It simply means the year should end better. So it is not, you know, pastor trying to stir you up emotionally. It's not pastor trying to get you excited. That is what God promised. It says better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. It simply means the end of the year should be better. Thank God for the things that have happened. And trust me, we're already receiving miracles in this house. I was sharing with, you know, the leaders, I think that was on was it monday or tuesday you know um in our daily meeting and one of us was sharing a testimony of how she got a job a fantastic job on saturday who gives you a job on saturday why can't you wait till monday i'm sure something must have been pushing us send it now send it now you know got a letter of appointment on saturday you see strange things will happen in the remaining days of this year even things that people thought could never happen things that you think could never happen god would do in the remaining days of this year in the name of jesus you see we need to understand that god's plan for us they are thoughts of good and not of evil they are thoughts of good they are thoughts of good so when the bible is telling that's what the bible is telling us that better should be the end of a thing i grew up in an environment where we're made to believe that towards the end of the year bad things happen 
evil things happen. But you see, one thing I've come to understand is this. As the man thinks, the Bible says, so is he. And a lot of people who have that mindset, it's a, the reason why they believe it is because that's what usually happens. Because when you believe it, you attract into, to, into your life. We see that happen in the life of Job. Job was a very wealthy man. But the Bible tells us that Job, obviously, was always afraid. You see, Job himself was the one that told us the backstory. He would always look at his children, look at everything he had. And he was always afraid, ah, what if I lose all these things one day? And you see, in Job 3 and verse 25, after he had lost everything, Job himself was the one that said, the things that I greatly fear has come upon me. So it simply means so we see. And the, um, the, the unfortunate thing is the things you are afraid of, nobody knows except you. The things you are thinking about, nobody knows except you. The question is what are you afraid of tonight? You see, because the way fear works, fear is the other side of the coin, like faith. Faith and fear are two sides to a coin. Whatever you have faith in, it will be attracted into your life. Whatever you are afraid of, you also attract into your life. Faith connects you to God. Fear connects you to the devil. And you see, the moment you release the force of faith, you can't even God cannot deny what you are releasing your faith for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in the same way, whatever you are afraid of, God cannot stop it from coming into your life. Job was a friend of God. Job had a relationship with God that even God was bragging about him to the devil. But you see, because of his fear, God could not stop what his fear brought into his life. So my encouragement to you is that in the remaining days of this year, let your faith be on the rise. Let your faith... See, it doesn't cost much to have faith. You see, it doesn't cost much to think big. You are going to be thinking anyway, so why don't you just think big? You are going to have expectations anyway, so why don't you just expect positively? Because everybody is always in a constant state of expectation. There will never be a point in your life where you are not in a state of expectation. You might not be aware of it, but you are in a state of expectation. And you say, fear is an expectation. Faith is also an expectation. Fear is an expectation of what the devil can do. You see, faith, and you see, there will never be a time in your life where your faith will not be required. Where your faith will not be required. You see, the devil will sow thoughts into your heart. And that is when the Bible, you know, that's why the Bible describes faith as the shield of faith, right? Wherewith you are able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. The devil wants to sow thoughts into your heart. He will just bring his as, as thoughts. What if, what if you lose that job? It's always as a thought. What if, as you are going now, they catch just some assaults? <laughs> and you are entertaining the thoughts. You know, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. No, that's not the right response. <laughs> saw a video online you know I think it was yesterday I was showing so I can't even remember what I was showing you to you know the guy was praying I think they were about to travel so we covered the engine with the blood of Jesus to cover <laughs> if you have come up with the car move <laughs> the guy that was praying there was no side mirror I wanted to travel now faith is not foolishness are you hearing what I'm saying and you see when you listen to many of those prayers I stopped praying those prayers over 10 years ago because I realized that most of those prayers they are battered in the place of fear it is not faith does that mean oh pastor you don't pray when you are traveling of course I do but I pray from the standpoint of the finished works of Christ father I thank you because your word says you have given your angels charge over me that's how to pray no father as we are going we cover the tire we cover the steering we cover <laughs> We cover with the windscreen. How will the driver see when you are covered the windscreen with blood? <laughs> Those prayers are just out of fear. Hey, that go, hey, there is evil on the wheel. They will not see us. So, what's that? Just declare the word. 
Just declare the word. You have said in your word that you will give your angels charge over me. So Father, I thank you because as I go, my going is safe. My coming back is safe. As I go, no evil is permitted to befall me. You see, the moment he says, ah, let them not do us evil. Your thought is focused on the negative that can happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If he has given his angels charge over you, your business is not to think of what can happen because the angels of God will take care of it. So in the remaining days of this year, expect the best. Expect good things to happen. In spite and regardless of what you're seeing around you, in spite and regardless of what you are hearing, in spite and regardless of what others are experiencing, ensure that your thought is formed by God's word. You see, and that's why I think it was last week I mentioned the fact that how you end a season, right? Is well, it's good to start well, but it is much more important how you end. You remember the story of the thief on the on the cross. He had been a thief all his life, but you see, in the last few seconds of his life, he said to Jesus, "Remember me, remember me." And Jesus said, "Tonight you will be with me in paradise." You see, someone would have said, "Boy, he's a thief. He didn't even confess his sins." I told us two weeks ago, you see, there are three types of confession. Do we remember? The first confession is what? The confession of the Lordship of Jesus. A sinner cannot be confessing his sins. Where does he want to start from? That's, you see, when, when, many times when people say things like, you know, I find it difficult to witness to people to win to, it's because you are not doing it right. When someone is a sinner, what they need to confess is Jesus as their Lord and Savior. For instance, if I ask you to be confessing your sins now, how many will you remember? <laughs> Will you remember the one you say when you were five years old? When you stole the meat from the pot? Because that's also a sin. <laughs> you see, and if that is what it takes to be saved, then it means you must remember everything. But the Bible says with the arts man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession of what? Confession that Jesus is the son of God. He came to the world to die, right? And he's ascended. He has risen. He's seated on the right side of the father. And you confess him as your Lord and Savior. That is the confession that the sinner needs. Am I making sense tonight? You see, so the guy on Calvary's cross, he made the right confession. And as a result, he ended his life well. He ended his life well. Many start well, but they don't finish well. Look at someone like Judas. Judas started well, but he ended badly. He ended badly. He ended badly. Peter could also have ended badly, but Peter must have made up his mind and said, no, 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 no. no. I'm not going to allow everything I've done in the past, all my good, to be wasted. Peter denied Jesus. Judas, Judas also denied Jesus. But Judas made that denial and betrayal the last episode of his life. But Peter must have said, no, I'm not going to end my life this way. So it is very important how you end the season. It's always important. You look at a football match for those of us that are football lovers or sports lovers. right? It's not about how this thing, the team starts. You've seen football teams and, you know, in sports teams whereby a team starts out winning. But in the second half, the one that started out winning, they lose passion, they lose energy, they lose enthusiasm. Because something just tells them, ah, we have won. And the opposing team now scores one, two, catches up with them, three, three. You now scores all three, five, six, five, three before you know it. The one that was losing now becomes the winner. Now, do you remember that match, right, for the people that won in the first half? No. What do you remember as being the winner? The ones that won the second, the second half. So it is much more important how you hand, how you hand, how you hand. When you think of Apple, most likely, you are not thinking of what has been erroneously thought that Eve ate in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> you know, growing up, we're made to believe that what Eve ate was Apple. I know of us believe that. 
or you had it. Don't lie now, you are in the house of God. <laughs> so if it's apple, the Bible never told us if it's apple. So people say it is red apple. You know, for a very long time I didn't like red apple. So, uh, there was just something at the back of my mind that <laughs> you know, maybe there is something devilish about it. Now I prefer red apple. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because our religion is not good. Religion, religion is that's why Christianity is not a religion, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of faith. It's a lifestyle between divinity and humanity. But today when you think of apple, most likely you are thinking of a company. You are not thinking of a fruit. You are thinking of a company. Why? Because somebody created something that is where, as it were, superimposed what you have always believed about a particular name. So how you end this season is very important. Regardless and in spite of the failures of the year or the successes of the year, you must ensure that you end the year better. And we've established the fact that there are indicators to knowing if you are going to end the year better than you started it. Number one, we said that you are going to end the year better than you started it if you are standing on the promises of God. If you are standing on the promises of God at every season of your life, if you want to end a week better than you started it, if you want to end a month better than you started it, if you want to end a quarter better than you started it, always ensure that in that season there is a promise you are standing on. What word am I standing on in this season? That is, what word am I keeping in front of me that I'm consistently using in the place of prayers, that I'm consistently reminding God of, that Father, you have said in your word that this, 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 and that. That's what it means to stand on God's word, number two indication, that you are going to end the season better, especially the year better than you started it, is that you are moving in the direction of your set goals and objectives. You are moving in the direction of your set goals and objectives. You are moving in the direction of your set goals and objectives. How many of us we have filled our chart for the module one Sunday's class? How many of us? Or you started it? How many of us? So those have not filled it. What's happening? We should fill it before Sunday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's 12 weeks. Even if you don't have a, the binder, uh, go and meet the people who ask. Just look at it. That's how to participate. Don't just say, I don't have it. No, you don't. That's how you know, people rise in life. So let me have an idea of what is happening, right? Even if you don't have the binder, look at it and say, okay, I'm also going to be a part of this, right? Praise the Lord. So you are moving in the direction of your set goals and objectives. Number three indicator is that you are consciously pursuing growth and personal development you are you are consciously pursuing growth and personal development and we say you need to be growing spiritually you need to be growing emotionally you need to be growing socially and also intellectually number four indicator you are going to end the year better than you started it is that you are determined to experience victory in areas of prior defeat number five you are consistently pruning your life and doing a life audit Consistently pruning your life and doing a life audit. That's the fifth indication. You are going to end the year better than you started it. That is the things you started with. The habit you started the year with. The habit you started this quarter with. You are doing a self-analysis and you are saying, Oh, this habit, is it taking me closer to what I want to achieve? Right? My routine. The way I conduct my life when I wake up. What I do from dawn to dusk. Does it move me in this direction? If it doesn't, then let me cut it off. Let me cut it off. You see, life is a series of trade-offs. You can't keep doing what you are doing and end up where you want to end up. Except you want to end up where you have always ended up. You see, if you want to become somebody else, you must become somebody else by changing what you do on a daily basis. Somebody said, and I believe it, that the secret of great men is in their daily routine. Life as its way does not change suddenly. 
It changes every day. Every day. It is when it compounds over time that the result becomes obvious for all to see. Whatever happened suddenly did not start suddenly. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Whatever happens suddenly does not start suddenly. So everybody says, ah, that guy just broke through. Yes, a breakthrough is an accumulation of several breakthroughs. The person has been breaking through every day. But eventually the daily breakthroughs compounded and it now resulted into a major breakthrough. So it is what is done daily, done over time, that eventually compounds. So what are the practical steps to ending the year better than you started it? Number one, we said you need to decide. So we're going further tonight. You need to decide and determine in your heart that you will end the year better than you started it. That is where it starts from. You need to decide. You need to decide. While every other person, uh, while they are training the tower, while they are saying, oh, it's just 50 days left in the year. Oh, I know. It's okay, Jared. We will look forward to 2022. Don't, don't do that. A lot can still happen this year. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? A lot can still happen this year. In the next 50, 51, is it 50 days now? 51 days? 51. A lot can still happen. A lot. 15 is too long. Do you know how many things you can do in 50 days? <laughs> Never get to that point where you're saying to yourself, Yo, the year is almost over. Let's just wait for it. You see, if you have that approach to life, that's the same way you will enter the new year and just say, well, if it doesn't happen 2022, you will keep postponing your destiny. You must decide that even though there are 50 days left in this year, this year is not going to leave me this way. Something major is going to happen in my life. Something major. Something exceptional. Something extraordinary. You must decide. You must decide because until you decide it will not happen. What is a decision? A decision simply means you have made a commitment that I'm not going to back down from this. That's what a decision is. You have made a commitment that is either it happens or it happens. And I'm going to do whatever it legally and ethically takes to make sure I don't end this year better than I started it. So you must begin to ask yourself, how do you see, what, what, what must I do? What decisions? In what area of my life? You don't need to do so much, right? So that you won't shoot yourself in the foot and get discouraged. But you must identify at least one or two things in this year 2022 that must, uh, 2021 that must happen before the year ends. What is that one or two things that must happen before this year ends? What is it? What is it? And you see, for those who are sport fans, you will notice that towards the end of the match, when the match is just starting, most times, you see, people in the first 10 minutes using football, you know, that we're all accustomed to in this part of the world, you know, the average football match is 90 minutes, right? 45, 45 minutes. In the first 10 minutes, you see people are still taking it slow, you know. They pass. When it is 80 minutes, the speed is different. You see, so towards the end of the season, towards the end of the year, you see, you must, you, you must, if you have to walk over time, walk over time. If you have to sleep less, sleep less. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For instance, if you've been part of the 90 days of past since October 1st, most likely you have not been sleeping 6 hours at a stretch. Most likely, if you have been part of all the prayer watches, especially the 12 a.m. and the 6 a.m., most likely you have not had six hours. You see, it's not even most likely. You cannot have six hours except you join and you sleep off. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Like some people do. I know you. Don't worry. I won't look in your direction. <laughs> because when we end the prayer, they are still live. And I'm looking at them. Uncle Lockout now. Prayer is finished. They are still there. I know that they are slept off. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know yourself. Just ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Praise God. So identify what is that one or two things 
that must happen. You see, this thing happens with a decision. Many times people just wish for things to change. That's why things don't change. That's why one of the things is, if you are close to me, your, your life cannot, I will drive you to greatness. You can't just say, I will do it. What is I will do it? I don't believe in it. You do it now. Do it now. What is I will do it? One of these days end up becoming none of these days. Some day is not a day on the calendar. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is it Sunday? It's Sunday. So when he said, someday I will do it, it will never happen. It will never happen. So you must decide. You must decide. We must decide. You see, the question is, where were you 10 years ago? If you can think about it. You know, there was a time they did 10 years challenge. When people were doing before and after. For many people, they were saved. 10 years later, they will have become unsaved. <laughs> some people were moral. 10 years later, they have become immoral. <laughs> and some people, their life improved. Where were you 10 years ago? The question is, you were not the same person you were 10 years ago. Newsflash, you will not be, you will not be the same person 10 years from now. But the question is, who will you be? Will life happen to you or you will happen to life? You will decide. You must be the one to do it. But something is going to happen. But the question is, that which is going to happen, is it a byproduct of your decision? Or is it what circumstances and your environment? Whether you, see, whether you have your plan for your life or not, society has a plan for you. The government has a plan for you. <laughs> the only way to escape their plan is you must have a greater plan for your own life. And you must decide that I'm going to rise above the circumstances of my environment. And so the difference between who you were 10 years ago and who you currently are is the decisions you made. It's the decisions you made. The decision of who you chose to marry. The decision of the school you chose to, you, uh, you went to. You see, if you did not go to the school you went to, probably you will not be here. Probably you will not be in this city. Probably, you see, said there are so many things that would not have happened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is the decisions you made that brought you to where you are right now. And so you must begin to make other decisions that will take you to where you want God to take you to. Oftentimes we pray, we have desires, and on Sunday we're really going to take our time to focus more on that. You know, for the module 2, 12 weeks of strategic repositioning this Sunday. By the way, we're going to be starting second service by 9.30, right? So media, please put that because we want to have enough time. This Sunday is going to be really comprehensive for the module 2. You see, so the question is, what decisions? You see, if you can sit down and analyze the decisions you made in the last 10 years, you will know that it is not the devil that brought you to where you are. In this part of the world, we, we attack too much, we attack too much importance to the devil. When something does not, hey, it's the devil. I don't even understand. You understand. I can help you understand. You know how? Check your decisions. It's your decisions for crying out loud. It's not the devil. You see, I remember hearing the story of a particular man who was, you know, um, before he was saved, you know, he usually visited the brothel. So after he got saved, he was still going to the brothel. So he was telling his pastor, he said, ah, pastor, I still go to the brothel even though I'm saved. He said, why? He said, because the devil takes me there. Ah. <laughs> so the pastor said, I will show you how powerless the devil is. He said, so let us go to the brothel together. So they stood on the other side of the road and the pastor said, don't worry, we are, stand, we are standing here together. I tell the devil to take you inside. <laughs> so they stood there. So tell the devil. Now. So, well, what do you mean? So, the devil is the one that takes you inside. We are telling him to, stay, to take you inside. The guy said, No, something just tells me. He said, It's not something. You are the one telling you. He said, If you make up your mind, you will not go there. The devil can carry you there. Many of us have attached too many importance. That's why the average black man is so, you know, so, so lives so much of a mediocre life. Let me tell you this. I heard from Archbishop Benson that was that many years ago. He said, If your faith says yes, God will not say no. 
If your faith says yes, God will not say no. If you make up your mind that the next 50 days is going to be defining days in my life, God will agree with you and make it happen. But if you say, are you saying, hey, we just thank God, child. Father, we see, I believe in thanksgiving. I believe, see, gratitude is a lifestyle for me. In fact, I can't survive around people who don't know how to say thank you. It's a big problem. If your mouth is too heavy for you to be able to say thank you. The way I was raised, when you do something for you, you say thank you. The next day, you say thank you for yesterday. When you see the person in the third day, say thank you for the day before yesterday. Uh, when you see the person on the fourth day, until the person says, ah, ah, what is it? That's how I was raised. And let me tell you this. If you check the Bible, you will realize that is God's principle. Ten lepers came to Jesus. They wanted to be. Jesus says, go show yourself to the high priest. On their way, they were healed. They were excited. Probably on their way, they would say, ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But only one person came back. To tell the person that did something for him. You see, gratitude is not felt. Gratitude must be expressed. You are not really grateful until you express it. Gratitude is not something you feel on your inside. It is something you express with your mouth. It must be acknowledged. It must be said. So the question is, what decisions are you going to make? If you have made different choices, like going to a different school, dating somebody else, living in another city, probably you will not be where you are today. Most likely you wouldn't be. Decisions are made every day, every second, every minute. And they are made consciously, unconsciously. No, there's something called dysophobia. Dysophobia is the fear of making decisions. Whether you are afraid of making decisions or not, you are making decisions. A decision not to make a decision is a decision in itself. If you decide that this morning, I don't want to decide, I just don't want to decide what to eat. You have simply decided not to eat. There will never be a point in your life where you are not going to make decisions. The question is your decisions. Are they moving you closer to God's plan for you? What is God's plan for you? The path of a just man is as a shining light and it shines more and more onto the perfect day. It's not just enough for you to quote that scripture. It's not just enough for you to know how, for you to quote it in different translations. Huh? You must make decisions that will, you see, the way God works, because God is a spirit, you are a spirit but you have a body. For anything to happen on the earth, man must agree with the spirit, the father of all spirit, that is God, to make it happen on the earth. How do you agree with God? By moving in the direction of his promises to you. Do you understand what I just said? So if God says you are rich, you are wealthy, but you keep making decisions that wrecks your finances, you will be poor. Poorer than a mock rat. Not church rat. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Church right, I'm poor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, let's say like a mock rat or shrine rat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So everything that happens to you, everything that is happening to you, and everything that is going to happen to you is a byproduct of your conscious and unconscious decisions. So you are not a product of circumstances. You are a product of your decisions in spite of your education in spite of your background oftentimes i see people giving stupid excuses like hey, it's because uh, my parents do you know how many people their parents didn't help that turned out well if you are above 18 you can no longer give your parents as an excuse and hey, you know because my parents did not pay my school fees wow so what's wrong with your hand you can't work with your hands huh you can't go to to construction sites and carry um, brick and cement because you are a big boy. Certain things are... You see, let me tell you, in this... I believe this age of media has wrecked many people's destiny. A friend of mine, you know, an, an older person, years ago, I remember we were having a conversation, and she told me something, you know, that was, you know, um, in, in, uh, when I was still working in the corporate sector. 
and you know, she was a work colleague you know, when I was still in consulting. She said, I was not thinking of marriage then, obviously, you know, many years ago. So she was just like, I love my husband. I said, why do you, why do you like it? Because she was always talking about her husband. I said, why do you like your husband? He said, because my husband, if he loses his job today, he will not feel too proud to start driving a taxi tomorrow. I said, wow. I'm talking about a big girl, as in she was a big girl. If I mention her name, some of us will know her. If you search out her name, you will know who I'm talking about. So you will not be ashamed or feel too small or too big to drive a taxi tomorrow. The most important thing is he will ensure something is coming in until he can get back on his feet. Today people lose jobs and they are playing PS. PlayStation. I remember years ago, I think I was in, uh, maybe, was it 100 level there about, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my uncles. So he said, you know, what do you, you know, like some of us must have experienced before I became wise. You know, so oh, what do you want? You know, one of my uncles in the UK said, What do you want? What do you want? I said, Oh, a PlayStation. Probably, of course, he didn't want to buy it. Maybe check the amount and say, Ah, no, it's too much for this boy. <laughs> so he said, You don't need a PlayStation. He said, You know why they call it PlayStation? Because you need to be stationary to play it. If you play it too much, your life will be stationary. <laughs> I was very angry. But you know, later on, over the years, I thought about it. And I said, There must be wisdom in what this man said. Recently, we had PlayStation some years ago. We didn't touch it for like over... During the, when I knew this thing needed to leave the house, it was true at the lockdown. It was not switched on once. I said, no, 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 no. I don't need this. I can't even remember why I gave it to you now. You see? So let me tell you this. The decisions you have made is what brought you to where you are now. If you decide to be rich, the devil can't make you poor. <laughs> I'm making sense tonight. If you decide to experience a breakthrough, the devil can't make you break down. It's your decision. So if you are going to end the year better, it starts with a quality decision. A quality decision. A quality decision. In spite of where you are coming from, in spite of your tribe, in spite of your gender, in spite of your race, you must decide my background will not put my back on the ground. You must just decide. You must just decide. You must just decide. There's this guy in the United States, Nick Vigusis or something like that, or you know, can't remember, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. The guy has a disease, no harms, no feet. This guy is a public speaker and is even married with children. You, your hands are working correctly. You know what I always ask myself every time I see the guy's video? How did he ask out that woman? No hands, no leg. You, you have, you have leg. You are afraid to. <laughs> you can't ask out, babe. <laughs> you should go and learn from him. Praise the Lord. And he asked out a babe and the baby say no. Ah. Those are people that have, you know, they've seen themselves beyond their circumstance. And the guy is, the guy is rich, as in rich. He has written books. No arms. No leg. You can't keep giving, you see, you can't keep giving people as an excuse. Your breakthrough begins the day you make up your mind that people are not responsible for where I am. They are not. They are not. <laughs> so decision determines destiny. Your life and your destiny are shaped the moment of your decision. The decision of the Wright brothers revolutionized human travel. The decision of Thomas Edison to invent the incandescent light bulb changed the way man lived. That's why today we have 24-hour cities. They say Lagos is a 24-hour city. It is not. If you've been to a 24-hour city, Lagos is not even a 12-hour city. <laughs> That's why you are afraid. If you have to go out 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you are afraid. Ah, because obviously you, you feel someone can just, you know, 
rob you or something. The decision of Rosa Parks in 1955 not to leave her seat because she was a black woman on a bus. That decision not to leave her seat for another for a white person was what years later, 50, maybe 54 years later, put Barack Obama in the Oval Office. A woman stood up and said, a woman, you know, decided, I'm not going to stand up from this seat. I'm human, you are human. The fact that my skin is black does not mean you are, I'm, I'm inferior to you. It's one of the things that gave back, that movement, that decision was what gave back to the movement. Gave back to men like Martin Luther King Jr. That eventually gave back and inspired a black senator, they say he's from Kenya. You see, your decision, let me tell you this, your decisions are not only going to affect you, they will affect your children. Some of us will say, oh, the reason why I've not done this is because my parents. May your children not say the same thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your children not say the same thing. You know, I was thinking about you know, someone during, in the last 24 hours. You know, the person did something recently and very successful. I was just like, wow. Obviously, has a good pedigree. I said, wow, well. You know, I just thought about it. I said, of course. She shouldn't have done less than that because of what the parents have done. And I told myself, will my children have this kind of advantage in life? They must. You see, some of us, the things you are struggling for, and I say this respectfully, is as a result of the failure of your parents. That's why you are struggling for certain things. May your parents' failure not be your own failure. I thought somebody was going to say better amen. Amen. And you know where the failure begins? Where you are not making the decisions your contemporaries are making. The failure has started. Because failure manifests over time. It doesn't have manifest over time. You see, if you are sleeping, when your colleagues are working, the effect will not show immediately. A student that is not reading, when others are studying, the failure does not show immediately. Does it show? No. It's at the end of the semester and the session that it shows. And that's the unfortunate thing about life. Your decisions, the effect does not show immediately. It shows when it's almost too late to change it. Praise the Lord. So if we're going to end the year better than it started in, decide. Decide this year is not going to end the way you entered into it. The reason why many people are not able to come to that point of decision is because they give too much excuses. You see, when you are used to giving excuses, you will paralyze your initiative. Excuses paralyzes human initiative. You see, what excuses does is that it shuts down your brain. The moment you are used to giving excuses, giving excuses, giving excuses, it will get to a point, instead of thinking of solutions, the natural, because it is easy to give excuses. Why don't you have anything saved in your account? Because I'm not making much money. You know, that's, you know that's an excuse. Because there are people even making more money, making less than you that have savings. So instead of thinking, why don't I have any savings? Of the truth, Why? Because I'm not any. The moment you say because because you have provided the solution to your failure, your brain shuts down because you have provided an answer. But if you get to that point of the truth, why don't I have savings? Your brain begins to work. Why don't I have savings? I should have savings. I should have savings. So why don't I have savings? Your mind begins to work. Oh, so now this is what I can do to have savings. If I do this, if I do that, at this age of my life, why don't I have a land? You see, next year, the testimony I want, <laughs> praise the Lord, it will happen by fire, by force. Amen. Huh? 
I, all this testimony of thank God for the things that have been happening. One of the testimonies I want to be seeing next year is testimony of property. No, people, we are not too young to have properties. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like I keep telling you, nobody's telling you to go and buy 10 million dollar property now. Start with 500,000. In the next five years, it will not be 500,000. Praise the Lord. In fact, some of us, if you tell me, you don't, if I check your phone, and I know your phone, if you add some money to it, it can buy land, you don't have land, I will seize that phone from you. I'll, be, <laughs> I'll not just be your pastor, I'll become prefects in this house. Because your life must shift. See, some of us need a push. You know why many people fail in life? They run away from places that put pressure on them. They so say, their one life is too much, Jared. I'll just control my life. You have to be controlled or else you lose control. I always thank God that God gave me mentors that didn't care about my feelings. I didn't understand them. Just like I told us on Sunday. I was very stupid. I ran away from my pastor for a while. And my life just went down the drain. Later I understood. Ah! I looked at my life when I was in proximity. And when I left. And I saw the difference. And I remember when I went back to him, I made a promise. I said, sir, it will never happen again until I draw my last breath. It will never happen. He didn't force me to do it. At the point, he just left me. Which is what I also do. Once I know somebody is feeling as if, ah, what's your own? What's your own? You are, you are invading my privacy. Ah, private man. Take your privacy. A lot of people are filled through privacy. <laughs> you know, you see, let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit told me something years ago. He said, you don't know what you are doing. You know, that's what people say. I, I know what I'm doing. He said, if you know what you are doing, you won't be where you are now. You won't be where you are. You don't know what you are doing. You know, that's the deception. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. <laughs> you need people. Not even one pers- person. You need people to tell you what to do. You need people. So decide. Decide. When you give excuses, you know what happens? The decision, what you are invariably saying when you give excuses in life is that you are saying, I've chosen to be stagnant. Number two, you are saying, I'm okay the way I am and I don't want to make, more prog- I don't want to make any progress. When you are giving excuses, that's what, there's a French proverb that says, he that excuses himself, accuses himself. When you give excuses, you are saying, I don't want to grow beyond who and where I am. I'm satisfied. There are four factors that I believe in first decision making. Number one is circumstances. That is what is happening around you. Circumstances. Number two, convenience. What is easy? <laughs> you know, many people make decisions based on convenience. What's easy? What's easy? <laughs> If you don't want life to be hard on you, be hard on yourself. If you make easy decisions, the future will be hard. If you make hard decisions, the future will be easy. That's one thing I've come to realize. That's why, you see, every one of us at this phase of our life, stop looking for the easy way out. Stop looking for the easy. Stop looking for comfort. You are too, you are too young to see comfort. If I'm going to buy a car at this age of your life, you don't need too much of a comfortable car. You just need to move around. Because at most, a car is a liability. Take that difference and invest it. Let your investment buy the luxuries. It is foolishness to use your income to buy luxury. What am I talking about finances? Let's wait for money masterclass. I think that should be module 7. Praise the Lord. I'm very passionate about money. (laughs) Money is a defense, the Bible says. It means if you don't have money, you'll be defenseless. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Oh, said, this pastor likes money too much. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I'm not apologetic about it. And some people try to say, I know, I'm not. I mean, I like it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
If you don't like it, no problem. As the money comes, you just come and give me. I know what to do with it since you don't like it. Praise the Lord. The third factor influencing decision making is criticism. What other people will think. So some people, the decisions they need to make, the reason why they are not making those decisions is because they are too concerned about what others are going to think. Hey, if I do this, what people will now think that, you know, and some of us are surrounded with those kind of people. Who that say, ah, at your level, you cannot, I can't even remember what I was having a conversation with recently. Okay, because I only was there. The guy was like, ah, pastor, at your level. I said, you are not the one that will tell me my level. You know, many of us fall for things like that, emotionally. Yes, you see, I want to prove your level. The level that is not existing. <laughs> I said, even if that's my level, is that, does that mean I should be giving you the money? That's why I should be working and giving it to you. Because that's my level. So, Pastor, you should have changed this. This, this is not your level. I remember when we were using Toyota Camry many years ago. People came to first lady and I said, You should not be using this type of car. You are beyond this. I told my wife, I said, Forget all. I know our level. So we are not changing this car for now. <laughs> Thank God for the kind of wife I'm like, Once I say, Okay. <laughs> Any of us will not agree. I said, I better marry a woman that can listen to you. Of the truth, we could afford a very much bigger car. But I have a principle always live less than your size. Before you buy something, you must be able to afford it three times over. So you are buying a car of three million and you can't afford a car of nine million. You are stupid. See, people should not see you and they should be able to determine your worth. Some people, once you see them, all their net worth, you already seen the net worth, is in the shoe, the car, the bag, everything. The money is what is working. If they enter into a crisis, they are finished. Don't be that ignorant. Be that ignorant, and it's because of because of what people will think, what people will think, what people will think. You know, people. Should, ah. You see, whatever you do, people will think whatever they want to think. In fact, when you enter into trouble, people will say he's a stupid man. He wants to be showing off. He wants to be showing off. The people you are trying to please. Don't spend the money you don't have to please the people that don't that are not even aware of your existence. The fourth factor that influences decision making is convictions. 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 What are your convictions? What you have unshakably believed to be true. I don't know if this, that's the word, but that's how I like to put it. You have, is, you, you, nothing can change your mindset. You have believed that this thing is true. I've come to believe it. That's a conviction. That's a conviction. You look at Jacob in Genesis 32 and verse 22. He said, I will not let you go. He was saying to the angel, until you bless me. I will not. I will not. That's a decision. It means we die here. <laughs> Is it that I die or I'm blessed? He had no other option. Stop giving yourself options in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know the reason why many things don't work out in many people's life? They have created options. In case it doesn't work. I don't believe it. Is it that it works or it works? You see, the moment you start giving, you are looking for the easy way out. That's convenience. Uh, in case it doesn't work, and we will now do it this way. Why shouldn't it work? Why? Has it not worked for others? If it can work for others, why can't it work for you? It's all about your decision. It's all about your decision. Many people are strong in wishes, but very weak in decisions. Make up your mind that you're going to end the year better than you started it. Number two. Number two step. They're going to end the year better than you started it. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Living in your past success or failure will hinder you from stepping into your future and the future God has planned for you. 
even in the past, the good past or the bad past. That is your past success or your past failure. You must stop living in it in order for you to enter into the future God has planned for you. The reason why many people don't end the year better or end the year a season better than previous seasons is because they over celebrate the past or they overmourn the past. Whatever has happened has happened. Thank God for the success of the past. It is past success. That's why I respect people that always, you know, create new things. Create new things. You have done this. Step outside of it and create something new. It even keeps you young. Keeps you young. It keeps you thinking. <laughs> you know, why many people become ex this is because they stop creating. They stop creating. So a movement, what was once a movement, now becomes a monument. And let me tell you this, no matter what is working now, no matter how big it is, if you don't create something new, it will remain in the past. It will remain in the past. So stop living in the past. Visit the past through introspection. But don't live in the past. 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 Be forward focused. Don't be past possessed. I like to use this illustration, a dead horse illustration. <laughs> I call it a dead horse. A dead horse in this situation, uh, uh, in this um, context, also means a situation. If you are riding on a horse and the horse suddenly stops moving, the horse dies. There are different ways people respond. Four ways. Number one, some people keep whipping the horse, they keep beating the horse. That is, come back to life. <laughs> you can't just die like that. <laughs> they keep whipping the horse like the more they add that they beat the horse the quick eyes will resurrect many believers are like that when things stop working you see the same God that fed Elijah through the ravens was the same God that dried up the brook the same God that told him stay here drink water from this brook ah, and ravens will bring you food it was the same God that stopped the ravens from coming it was not a demon what many believers will do is we now go on 21 days dry fast. <laughs> you know, they now bring Koboko and I say, want to beat the devil. <laughs> ah! When I see some things online, I'm just like, who bewitched the African race? How many of us saw the video recently of a pastor, you know, that was eating? Eh? And the people were coming and how many of us saw it? You didn't see it. So in Nigeria, it's not even, I don't think it's a Nigerian church. He carried the plate, stood in front of the... Well, that's not even an altar. This must be a shrine. He was eating, and we eat, we eat. You know, well, I think it was swallow. So the people will come, you now, like clean his hand with their mouth. You know, they... It's even not hygienic. You know, and the lady too that he now as far as maybe she was singing praise and worship it sounded like you know a song at the graveyard <laughs> and they woke up I was just like what's, what's wrong with these people there's another video I saw they were doing spiritual warfare you know oh my God. <clears throat> <laughs> the devil is a spirit how can you beat the devil I said I don't understand but those people will finish that prayer meeting and say ah I was prayer oh more we prayed the devil is finished you are the one that is finished because the devil didn't even know you did anything. See, <laughs> about the situation, people bring koboko. See, they want to flog the devil. Now be beating the floor. 
are just doing exercise. It's exercise. Where did you see that in the Bible? The only thing the devil responds to is the word. When it showed up in the wilderness and said to Jesus, if you jump from, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It's only the word he responds to. Not physical exercise. All those things are just manifestation of African foolishness. When he met the madman, it was the word he spoke. When he met the man, right, that had demons on the inside of him, I said, how many of you are there? said, we are a legion. Legion is a Roman, it's not, it's not the name of a demon. He's simply talking about the number. Legion simply means the Roman because the Roman Empire was in charge of the world then. I think it was a thousand soldiers or ten thousand soldiers that make up a demon. That's what the demon was saying. It was talking about the number, not the name. Jesus never asked for the name of any demon. So I don't understand when some pastors be, be want to do deliverance. Say, what is your name? You're asking a demon for his name. He will only lie to you. He, the devil can never tell you the truth. As a you spirit, or he just lied to you. If you want to know the name, ask God. You need discernment to understand that. If it's the spirit of lying, he will say it's the spirit of stealing. He will even lie to you so you'll be afraid. <laughs> so you say, ah, how do I want to cast this one out? <laughs> so Jesus just said, how to go, you know, into the swine. Jesus was not saying, to, you know, let me tell you this. One of the first signs that Jesus said we follow those that believe is that they will cast out demons. The easiest thing for a believer to do is to cast out demons. It's easier than praying in tongues. But we don't know. That's why the devil has cheated us. He said, this signs, Mark 16, read your Bible. This signs shall follow them that believe. The first thing, he said, they will cast out demons. Number two, they will speak in other tongues. But we see, we have people that can pray in tongues. But when it comes to demons, say, ah, let pastor do it. Oh, I don't want demons to enter me. <laughs> You know, so it's pastor demons you enter. People don't like pastors. <laughs> but really, it's, it's easier than praying in tongues. We saw Jesus do it. And Jesus said, the same thing I've done, greater works than this shall you do. But it means we don't even believe in the words of Jesus. That's what it means. So stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. If something has stopped working, stop trying to beat it back to life. It is dead. The same God that gives you an opportunity. Opportunities dry up. The people that were typists using typewriter Olympia years ago that got jobs miraculously. If they were still doing typewriting, they would lose the job by now. It is not God that took the job. The job is dead. And let me tell you this. The Bible says the seeing eye and the hearing ear. The Lord made them both. As a believer, one of the advantages you have is to see before something happens. So before an industry dies, before a field of play dies, you should see it. It should not die in your hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Advertising as we knew it is dead. So if you say, I know, me, I'm, I'm an advertising agent and you are still doing advertising the way it used to be done, you will be hungry in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you will be hungry. And God will be looking at you. Can't be too be smart. When the brook dried up, God told Elijah, leave that place. Go to the widow of Zarephath. Stop praying. Don't bind any demon. If you want to be binding demon, bind me. And I'm unbindable. So just leave this place. It is finished. The resources here is finished. The second response is that people hope that they also will come back to life. That's another response. As believers, we just hope 
So the guy said he's not doing again. He's no longer interested in the relationship. But something tells you, I believe he will change his mind. He will not. Move on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The babe says she's not doing again. The relationship is over. But somewhere at the back of your mind, you believe she will come back. And she, maybe she was under duress. She is not under duress. She was in her right mind. Okay, move on. I, said, I believe she will come back. She will change her mind. You are praying. The boss has fired you. He will not change his mind. Look for another job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm okay praying. Father, change his mind. Change his mind. Change his mind. You have been fired. Look for another job. That's not the only job in existence. You see, some of us, God might even might need to slam certain doors in our face so that we can see the other door is opening. Because some of us are so insensitive. God is opening another door. He knows that as long as I don't slam this door in this guy's face, he will stay there until things become worse. Let me tell you this. Any believer that loses their job, they were not sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. Because you should know you are about to lose the job. Something you should just know. And before you are fired, you should look for another one. That's just the truth. When I say some of this, some of us might think I'm bragging. I've never been fired from any job in my working days. Never. You should see it. The handwriting should be there. A, a sack letter. You say, ah, a believer, I give you sack letter with the Holy Ghost. A sack you and the Holy Ghost. How did that happen? You should have seen it coming. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't know why you guys laugh when I say some of this, but it's just the truth. So you and the Holy Ghost are now packing your things. You are now <laughs> if only Ghost is one deal. What am I doing inside this guy? <laughs> Number three response when a situation is dead is that you give up on the horse as a viable means of transportation and start seeing your leg as a better means of transportation. That's what some people do. When the situation is dead, when things don't work, now say, hmm? they now start giving excuses. That's when they start saying, rich people, we don't even understand. You make an investment. You were not informed before making the investment. You now lost your money. I said, all oh, this investment in self. They don't even know. They are just, what? Well, all these rich people, the rich will keep getting richer, the poor will keep getting poorer. The poor rich is just taking advantage of the poor. See, let me keep my money, Jare. You know, at least if I eat it, I will know the food that had me. <laughs> you know, that's how people talk. Instead of you finding out where did I miss it? Why did I miss it? How did this happen to me? So it doesn't happen again. Many people just give up. They resign to faith. Not faith, but faith. F-A-T-E. And say, it's even better. <laughs> like the story I had, I don't know if it is true, about a man in the village who said, you know what? I've had of too many car accidents. I'm not going to ride in cars. I will walk on my legs. <laughs> so eventually, one day was walking by a graveyard. A car knocked him down and knocked him on somebody's grave. <laughs> so the guy was running away from, eventually killed him and buried him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Stop. When things happen, don't say, ah, no, it's not supposed to work. No, it could have worked. But maybe you didn't get it right. And the last response is that you dismount from the horse and you look for another horse, which is the right response. When something is not working, or when you notice a horse is about to die, dismount. When a situation is about dying, dismount. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. I remember I used to have a friend. And what they just done to me, everything this guy talks about is the past. Ah, when I was in school. Ah, when, ah. One day I just said, do you want to go back to school? 
Have you met people like that? I don't when we school. No, we got that. We shook the school. Do you want to go back there? Maybe you should go and register for PhD so you can back in the school environment. Thank God for what you did in school. You are no longer in school. Be careful of people who are always talking about the past. It might even be a good past. But as long as we keep talking about it, you will stay there. So if you are going to end the year better than you started it, thank God for what has happened from January to October. Stop talking about it. Thank God for those things. But now ask yourself, God, what do you want to do in November and December? What do you want to do? It has happened. It's already in your past. It's already in your past. Do you know by, by God's grace many things that I've, been, I've done this year? I thank God for those things, but I'm still looking at the last 50 days. I have things I've written. These things must happen. It must happen. I don't like, ah, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Even God is saying, I have had. Do something else. The children of Israel have been in slavery for 430 years. God brought them across the Red Sea. Deuteronomy chapter 1. They now started dancing, singing. God said, Mm-mm, you have stayed too long. It was God. So I'm not telling you what the Bible does not say. God said, you have stayed too long here. Move on. The goal is not for you to cross the Red Sea. The goal is to enter the promised land. Many of us, what we are celebrating is the crossing of the Red Sea. You have not entered your promised land. Stop singing. Start moving. You have sung too much. God has had your praise. Thank God. He has had you. Move on. Move on. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the house He provided. You were able to rent a house. But have you built a house? Thank you for the house you rented. But a day is coming, you should be start walking towards when I will build a house. When you build your own house. When I will build houses. In God there is progress. I hear what I'm saying. Oh, you bought a car. Fantastic. When are you going to start giving out cars? That's one of my own dreams. So pray that it happens on time. So it will meet your wedding. <laughs> That's one of my dreams. On people's wedding day, I'll give them keys. That's one of my heart desire. And I've told first lady she has agreed with me. I just said, I have a bed, I have a gift for you. You see, it's very conclusive things. Ah, look at what Pastor give me. You are not okay, might even be angry. <laughs> say, pastor, this <laughs> or this pastor said, until you open it, say, Ah, it's a car. <laughs> I'm not just any ordinary car. My desire is SUVs um, with alloy, eh, correct car, everything. Correct. That's my dream. So it's not enough for you. You are already driving a car. But are you dreaming of the day you can give it out? No, when I hear people say, you know what? You know, we are, we are giving out 20 cars. I feel like, God, when will I start? So thank God for what you have done. But what does God want to do through you? Through you, through you. In God, there is always progress. There is always room for more. Stop over celebrating the past. Ah, you bought a phone. Now you are excited. Have you bought phones for people? I, I, I thank God you are blessed. Are you now a channel of blessing? How many people can say, how, how many people can, can, can sit down in their workplace, in their house, and they'll be able to point to things and say, ah, it was sister this that did this. It was, and you don't need to be married to do it. You can start as a single. Many people postpone their destiny. So when there is MRS in front of their name, you know, me as now, Mrs. Because really, it's not your dream. You are hoping to marry a man that will rescue you from poverty. You will now use his money as a means of fulfillment. Start as an individual. You are not too young. I hear what I'm saying. I know the things that I say, they are counterintuitive. 
but it's supposed to damage your natural way of thinking. Because the thinking, religious thinking, cannot produce what God wants to do in your life. He can't. Religion say, ah, I thank God, oh, I've come this far. That's religion. That's religion. And Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us a life. That's why you look at all the messages of Jesus. It was about the kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than an individual. It's about the system. It's about the workings of God on the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? So stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. <laughs> stop living in the past. If you want to go far in life, if you want to fly high in life, stop living in the past. Have you ever thought about it? That airplanes don't have rear view mirror. Because there's nothing to look back. If you want to fly high, you don't need the past. Let me tell you this. If you want to go far in life, one of the things you must cut off are childhood friendships. Toxic childhood friendship. You might not like it, but it's the truth. Many of them, 99% of childhood friendship, are not, they are not going to where you are going. 99%. And that does an airplane outside mirror. You don't need to be focused on what is happening beside you. Focus on where you are going. Focus on where you are going. Focus on where you are going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need the past. You don't need to be obsessed with what is happening around you. It's one of the reasons why I don't follow too many people on social media. I don't want to know what you are doing. Hey, I'm not interested. Be doing what God has told you to do. Let's all be doing it. When we come together, and I say, wow, ah, God has done this. Fantastic. I don't need to be monitoring you. All that time you are investing, checking people. You are losing touch with where God is taking you to. You check this one, check this one. I, I can't imagine. When I see people spending so unconsciously, when people are around me, you know, sometimes I even ask myself, what's your business? Unconsciously, I still did it today. What are you doing on your phone? I just ask. It's just instinctive. Can't be on your phone just scrolling, 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 checking people's life. What are you doing? Do things that others can check. Things that others can check. Stop checking people. Stop checking people. Stop living in the past. And you say, when you do things, stop over checking it. It has happened. Some people will look at they look at their photo. What do they call it now? Camera roll. Just keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Now be smiling. <laughs> One of the things I started doing like four years ago is I opened folders on my phone. Dreams and vision. That's where I spend more time. I see things, I screenshot it, I trim it out. I put it in that folder. I spend more time there. I look at things, you know. Stop, stop looking at the past. The past has happened. You can't go back there. No matter how much you pray for it. That God, bring me back to December 31st, 2019. It can't happen. It can't happen. That time is gone. That time frame is gone. The only thing you can experience is 31st December 2021. And you will experience it in Jesus' name. But the question is, when you get to that day, who would you have become? What would you have achieved? Have you been blessed tonight? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts tonight. Word that has been sown in our hearts tonight. Word that has been sown in our hearts tonight.